Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Just a warning to listeners that the details of this next story may be distressing for some listeners and particularly if there's little ears in the background as well. Children should be loved, not abused. A young woman said after her father was sentenced to 11 years with six months suspended for raping and sexually assaulting her over a four year period. 22-year-old Karen Harkin was speaking outside the Criminal Courts of Justice in Dublin yesterday, just shortly after Miss Justice Karen O'Connor of the Central Criminal Court jailed 55-year-old Michael Carter of Kinnego by Maganum Bunkrana in County Donegal for one count of rape and 25 sample counts of sexual assault. And the abuse began when Miss Harkin was nine years old and stopped one day short of her 13th birthday. Talking to us from County Donegal today, Karen Harkin is with us on the line. Karen, waking up in Buncrana this morning after the sentencing hearing yesterday, how do you feel? To be honest, I feel kind of relieved in a way that it's over. Um, I think it was just, I was so anxious for it, first of all, to happen. And then I think even today and yesterday, with all the support I've received from family, friends and even absolute strangers. It's just made me realise even more that this was the right thing that I did. Just take us back, Karen, if you can, maybe to your early childhood memories because your parents were separated from when you were quite a a young age. What what are your your early memories? Um, To be honest, my early memories are quite normal. I lived quite a normal childhood, even though my parents were separated. I had a lot of um, brothers and sisters, three brothers and three sisters. So I lived quite a happy childhood before any of my abuse started. Um, it was just normal. And I did any normal thing that a child would do. It was nothing out of the ordinary. And you had a good relationship with your, your dad. I heard you talking yesterday about you know, being around the farm and, and horse riding and all the usual kind of things. I did, yeah. We were, we had a lovely relationship, to be honest. So we got on quite well and he just made me happy. Like we did do farming because like, he was always out in the farm and in tractors and everything like that. So it was a great relationship that I did have with him up until the abuse started. When did things change, Karen? Um, thing changed um, when I was around the age of nine. Um, I don't know why they changed, to be honest, and I don't think I ever will fully understand why they did change. But when they did, it just my life was just never the same after that, and I just became this anxious, vulnerable young girl, and I just felt so alienated from the world around me, and I felt alone because of what my father was doing to me. What did you think was happening at the time? Like, I I can't imagine as a nine-year-old child Mm -hmm. that you'd have any sense of what what was going on. To be honest, I had no idea what was happening. I just, I had no understanding of anything that was happening. I think that made it even harder because Part of me thought, like, oh, this must be normal. Like, my own father is doing this to me, so how can it be wrong? Or how can it be something that shouldn't be happening? And I 
think I just, for such a long time, I just believed that it was normal and that maybe other children out there were going through the exact same thing because he never spoke about it. And he never, after it happened, like we just went back to our normal day-to-day life. So I was like, okay, this must be normal. And it wasn't until I became a bit older and I realized that no matter if I wanted this to happen or not, it would still happen. Like I just used to have to stay there while my father did what he wanted to do. And it just made me realize then that, okay, I don't want this and this is still happening. So it can't be normal. When did you first talk about it? When you had made, was the realisation and, and you knew something was something was wrong, that something wasn't right. When did you did you first speak to somebody about it, Karen? Um, I think it was when I was around 16 or 17. Um, I first spoke to my auntie about it. For years I had just internalised it and because I was so scared, I thought that I was at fault because he never spoke about it. So I thought then if I did speak about it that I would get in so much trouble or that I would be to blame. So um, I first spoke to my auntie, um, Lorraine, and I remember we were in her house one evening and it had came on the news about um, the priests and they had sexually abused um, young altar boys and girls. And I just remember when I was listening to that, I just became so overwhelmed and I started to cry and then I just decided that it kind of made me realise how wrong it was and that this is what had happened to me, to me. And then I just told her. And obviously then the the whole speaking to the guards and Mm-hmm. And making the formal statement and 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 going through the whole the whole court's process. Um, how how did you find that, Karen? Because I know for I've, I've talked to other people in similar um, position to yourself over the years, and you know, and and people I suppose can have a a mixed experience and be somewhat nearly frightened to go to the guards or the authorities, or it, it can be a deterrent. But what was your experience of that? Um, to be honest, at the start, I was terrified. I was so scared that even though I had spoke about it and my family had told me that I wasn't in the wrong, I was still so scared to go any further with it <clears throat> for fear that I would be at fault. But I remember the first day that I stepped into that guard station to make um, my statement and I think from then on my fears just left and the immense support that they showed me and they were with me for all those years that we were in the process of taking it to court and they were just so kind and so considerate and they checked in on me all the time just to see if how I was doing because it can be such an overwhelming experience mm-hmm. and considering it takes so long to actually get to court or you might not even get to court and they end up for some unfortunate cases and but just having them there I think I wouldn't have been able to do it without them because they were just so supportive and so kind to me. 
you know, and just that support, I suppose, even yesterday I saw in some of the video footage when you were outside the, the courts in Dublin, you know, even uh, some of the investigating team there and, and you were flanked by them and, and they're beside you. But I suppose that, that support is is so important for you. It definitely yeah. is, yeah. Because you can feel so alone. Like, it's hard to under, for some people to understand why you feel so alone, but the support is immensely important. Like, you wouldn't be able to do it without them. And to be honest, even now it's all over. Um, I feel like I have become, I feel like in a way, the Gartley were kind of a part of my family because they were with me for so long and they were just so kind to me that I will just be forever grateful for them being able to get me here to this very day as well. Looking back on the process, you know, and I can't imagine when you wake up at home today in, in Donegal and you look back, Karen, on everything that you've gone through, but do you really do you feel that having gone through this process and got as far as as you have, you know, as of yesterday afternoon, like has talking about it helped you? Because I know that like twice even since we've started chatting here today, you've mentioned the the feelings of blame and blaming yourself and, and mm-hmm. that feeling that you have felt of, of nearly guilt. Yeah. Like, has has this helped you in, in dealing with that? It definitely has because from from when I was nine years of age and up until to be honest, not that long ago, I have internalized those feelings of guilt and shame and if I'm honest, they've kind of consumed my life up until recently and they have just crippled me in a way because I was never, no matter how many people or how many times people had said to me, it's not your fault, you shouldn't be guilty. I could just never understand it or I could never accept it. And I think I'm even more proud of myself that I was able to speak out yesterday and able, even able to give up my, wave my anonymity. Um, I think that in a way helped me free myself of that guilt because it made me realise how wrong it was and even how much uh, support that even complete strangers have given me. So I definitely, definitely think that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't go back and change speaking out now. Mm. I wouldn't go back giving, uh, waving my, and changing the fact that I waved my anonymity. I just think that it has just helped me release myself from that guilt and helped me be able to look forward to the future and be able to actually move on with my life. Yeah. I, I I heard you so you speaking outside um, the courts of justice yesterday, and you're, you you spoke so so eloquently, Karen, about something so horrific that had happened to you. And I know even Miss Justice Karen O'Connor praised praised you um, even for the, the the power of your your victim impact statement and, and what you said. I, I you mentioned a few moments ago, a couple of years back, watching the news. And I suppose the encouragement it gave you listening to other people, you know, wave their right to anonymity and, and to speak out. And, and I suppose the encouragement that gave you in, in doing so. What do you say to, to other people listening to you today? Because I'm sure there's other people across the country who have maybe experienced something similar to you that maybe you're looking for that courage that you got all those years ago to to speak um, out. And Yeah, to be honest, I just really hope that me speaking out encourages other people of all age um, 
to speak out and to know that they're not alone. I know that it can be the most terrifying thing um, being in that cycle of abuse, to be honest. But um, And it can be so terrifying to speak out because those fears of not being believed or those fears of being at fault are just so crippling. And I just hope that even if someone's listening today and they're going through abuse, but they feel like they're not strong enough or they're not brave enough to speak out, that just because they don't speak out right away, it does not take away from the fact of what they're going through. Mm. And it doesn't take away from the fact that this is their life and it doesn't make them any less braver or any less stronger. I just hope that even by listening to me today that it helps people feel like they're not alone and that there are other people out there like myself who have gone through the exact same thing and I just hope that it will give them the courage to speak out or just to feel like they're not alone. I heard you mention yesterday that you wanted to remove the stigma, you know, that's Mm -hmm. associated um, for people that have have gone through this. Like, tell us a little bit, Karen, about that. I think before I spoke out, I just thought that there was such a stigma attached to it. And to be honest, I think there is. There still is, and I as think the victim, I just want to, you, you as a victim, it, okay. yeah. I think it's just for the victim. It's just so scary, and you just. I honestly thought that if people heard what happened to me, that they would think that so bad of me. They would think like, in a way, that she is disgusting. But I think that's just what I had internalized over the years. So. I just hope that me speaking out yesterday and throughout this court process that it would release some of that stigma and it would make it easier for other people to speak out. Absolutely. And the impact, I suppose, Karen, of all of this, you know, on you and through for everybody in their teenage years, it's a, you know, it's a difficult time and it can be a very, a very vulnerable time. But like, those sort of internalised feelings that you mentioned that that you had while you were in school and while this was ongoing, like what what was the impact of all of that on you? To be honest, it kind of um, changed my life in a way. It kind of turned my life upside down. Like I used to be, I used to love school. I used to be so, I succeeded a lot in school and I think then just going by my day-to-day life in school, it just made me feel so wrong and it made me kind of just withdraw myself from school and my grades plummeted over the years and it kind of broke my heart in a way because I really wanted to achieve in school and I was so looking forward to going on and going to college but it just kind of held me back and but to be honest, even over the years, I, whenever I went back and repeated my leaving cert, the support that I received in school from my guidance counsellors and from teachers, um, a lot of them didn't know what exactly was going on, but I had confided a lot in my guidance counsellor and she was just there every day to help me through and some days would be harder than the next, And but she was just always there. Um, 
and I could talk to her at any time and she helped me in a way to get back on track and to get my life back in order and receive the grades that I knew I could receive. You did incredibly well. <laughs> Thank you. You. You, you, you. you repeated the, the leave insert. Um, it was, it was nearly nearly 600 points, Karen, you achieved. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I was glad that I did go back and yeah. repeat it then because I had left the first year with only doing the first day of my exams, basically. And to be honest, I felt like such a failure because all my friends were going off to college and moving on with their lives. And I just was like, I don't want this to leave me as a failure. I don't want this. I felt like I was letting it define my life at the time. And it was just taking over. And I just felt like I'm not going to let this happen. So I did go back and finished my final year and so um, grateful that I did and I did achieve almost 600 points and it filled me with such a sense of pride and it made me just so happy that I did do it. I know you said previously that you you intended to go to college when the legal proceedings are over um, and that door closed yesterday so a new chapter awaits Mm -hmm. today. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Because I feel like um, when I did go back, I was like, no, I'll definitely go to college. I'll definitely go in September. And then I think was just this was the weight of this was still on my shoulders because I still hadn't spoken out about it fully. It was just my family who knew and the guardian stuff, and I was just so scared for other people to know. So it has held me back for years, and I felt like I couldn't go on to college until this had finally ended and I feel like yesterday it just made me so much more excited and just made me look forward to the future and to go to college. Can I just ask you about yesterday um, sitting in the in the criminal courts of justice and waiting on on the verdict and then you're waiting on the um, the sentencing and, and you hear that. What was your reaction when you heard that yesterday? To be honest, I think going in there, I was so nervous and I had my family with me and it was just such, even though the verdict was already there and he was guilty, it was just so terrifying waiting to hear um, what the sentence would be. But I think in a way I was filled with some sense of relief when Judge O'Connor did um, call out the sentence. And I think it just even freed me even more because it made me realise like that I am so right in doing this and that this is what I had to do for nine-year-old me and that this is what nine-year-old me deserved. So honestly, I was filled with a sense of relief after it, yeah. I thought it was a very it's was a very powerful moment and even in reading the statement yesterday when you talked about your message to to your 9-year-old self you know and how proud how proud you should be um yeah. for for doing what you you did and saying what you said yesterday I know Karen from in 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 talking to other people in a similar position over the years and I I know some people might find this hard to to understand but when you say you still love your father, 
mm-hmm. even even though other people might find that hard to to comprehend. Can you just exp- maybe tell us a little bit about that? I think it's just something that will always be like that. Um, at the end of the day, he is still my father and part of me still remembers all those good years that we had and all those good memories we had. And for me, it was one of the hardest things I found maybe that people couldn't understand because they thought like, I think people think like when you go through abuse and especially at the hands of your father that you kind of turn to the side of hating him and not wanting to help him in any way. But to be honest, it just made me realize that I do love him so much and that I always will love him. And even though that he did this terrible thing to me, I will still feel love for him. And even yesterday when I heard um, the sentence, part of me did feel sorry for him and part of me, my heart just kind of broke as well in a way because I felt, I think at the start, I always felt like me taking this to court and going through the process was as bad as what he did to me. But I realise now that it isn't and I just know that even though I do still love him that, and that he is my father, and even though he is refuting any um, con- any of his convictions that were brought against him, yeah. I don't think it will ever take away the fact that this happened, because this did happen, and this did ruin my life in a way, and it just makes me even more proud of myself to be able to come out and speak about it. It's a new chapter today. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. yeah. What's your plans for the future, Karen, and, and going to college now in September? Um, I just can't wait to move on, to be honest. I feel like I just want to leave this chapter of my life behind me, although it will always be a part of me and it will always be a part of my life. I just don't want it to consume me anymore. I don't want to be overwhelmed by the feelings of guilt and shame. I don't want to feel like I'm wrong. So I want to go on and hopefully become a teacher someday and pursue the dreams that I've always wanted to pursue. Working with kids is obviously something that's it's important to you, Karen. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I just want for other people to know out there that they're not alone and I felt so alone when I was a child like so I just want to be able to help anyone in any way I wish you the very very best for the future I've no doubt you'll you'll succeed and you're it's incredible to listen to you you know yesterday and today and how eloquently you've spoken about something so difficult and so personal and 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 so traumatic and horrific as well but you're incredibly brave Thank you should you be so very much. you should be very proud Thank you a message in from a listener, Karen, who says, such a beautiful, brave soul, her harrowing, heartbreaking, horrendous experience will help others humbled to hear her speak so bravely today. Another listener says to Karen, absolutely amazing. Her strength is amazing to speak out, to send a message to others is so selfless. Her praise of the Gardaí, also so generous, given all that she's endured. I wish her all the best going forward in her new life, for want of a better term. 
after yesterday's sentencing hearing. Karen Harkin from Bunnacrana in County Donegal. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.